we're happy to be here. And so this first session we're going to be talking about, as was described in the seminar um, outline and description, it's tofu, veggie links, and beans, but what's on your menu? And so we're going to be talking about uh, the fundamentals of health 101. What does health have to do with it? What does it have to do with Christian living? Are there principles of health that relates to godly living? If you want to know more about diet, health, and gospel connection, this is what we're going to explore today. So before we begin, let's have a word of prayer, and we'll launch right into our presentation. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, we pause for prayer to say thank you for waking us up this morning, for breathing into our bodies the breath of life. Thank you for the gift of health. May we appreciate, value, and cherish this God-given gift as we now come to study together and go through this presentation. Be in our midst. Inspire us to live for you and to share this life that you have given us, abundant life with others, is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. And so we welcome you, and uh, this is what we're going to be talking about. I'm going to skip through this here, but in this first session, we'll have an introduction for our health, its care, its necessity, and its spiritual connection. That's what we want to talk about. Okay? So we're going to do a few things in this uh, session. We're going to prove that the brain and its center are under attack to be controlled, manipulated, degraded, and dysfunctionalized and destroyed by the enemy of souls, the devil. To establish, secondly, the important role of the brain, the neural system, and the only sure way to sh restore and protect it. And finally, thirdly, to understand that without optimal functioning, we cannot discern spiritual things of God. So that's essential. That's what we're going to cover. So we're going to skip through this one here and go through here to our next slide. So you've been to many fine diners in your lifetime growing up. You've traveled and you've been to some nice restaurants. What are some of those restaurants you've been to that you really like? Any one or two that really linger or register in your mind? Any suggestions? What restaurant have you been to that you could say, yeah, this is a really good restaurant. It has a great menu. It's healthy. And you would go back again or you would recommend it to someone else, to your friends, to your family. Aviv? Vegan restaurant. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's a vegan restaurant That sounds fascinating. I think I may have to come and check it out myself. Okay. The wife is not yes. vegan or vegetarian or anything, and but she really liked it. So maybe she was converted, <laughs> <laughs> or shall we say persuaded. That's good. That's good. Montreal has some very fine restaurants. I've been there myself. Beautiful place. Um, lots of variety there and choices. Thank you for sharing that. Jane, anything comes to mind? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> really? Like a restaurant cafeteria. Oh, where is this? It's, it's near downtown. Um, oh. Dundas and um, Thank you. It's I'm, really good. I'm going to include that on my to-do list. Yeah. Yeah? Almost is it Korean or just vegetarian? It's a or vegetarian mixture. And they have some meat. Oh, really? Yeah, but it, the salad bar is great. That's oh, wonderful. 
Okay, I'll, I'll get the information from you later on. <laughs> Are you serious? The dinner? Oh, nice. I can't afford to miss that then. That's really important. Well, I will be there. I'll be there to get a, a, a first-time uh, first sample. That's great. No, that's good. So we've been to these diners, these nice restaurants, and they, we go there because we enjoy the menu. We know it's healthy, it's tasty, it's delicious, and it's attractive. But today, the world serves up a menu. Because when you go to a restaurant, the first thing they give you, of course, after seating you, is a menu. And of course, that's what's on your mind, right? You're, you're looking, the first thing you do is you're looking at the menu to see what do they have to offer. Appetizers, main course, dessert. And when you look at it, I mean, I'm sure that you've been to some restaurants when you look at the menu, as soon as you see it, you want to get up and walk out because it just doesn't have what you have or what you like. And so, of course, uh, the menu is very important. So that's why today we're talking about what's on your menu. So the world serves up its own menu, a menu that is not healthy, a menu that may be attractive or appealing, but it's not really good for us. There's been such a proliferation of food, uh, eateries, restaurants, at every corner, you name it, they've got it, drive through fast food, this is the day and age for that, right? Look, these are just some examples, you know, you've heard Panera Bread and P.F. Chang's and KFC and McDonald's and Wendy's and Tim Hortons and Old Town Buffet and these are just Casey's and Moxie's and Kelsey's and Milestones. I mean, they're all over the place and, and these places are filled. People are attending, people are going there because, you know, they have, men, they have a menu that they like and some of the foods that they offer that appeals to their taste buds. So, I know that you've been to many places and you've probably visited some of these places but are they really healthy for us what's on their menu what's the content of their menu what's the purpose of their menu is it to make us healthy or just to fill us to feed us and whatever happens happens afterwards well everyone's been here these are the golden arches you've been there right these are not the golden arches though that we want to get through the real golden arches is the pearly gates but this is interesting. If you look at McDonald's uh, logo and its symbol, look at that. McDonald's, you see that bulge there? That's what the food makes happens to you. You get these bulges. And then at the bottom it says, billions and billions served. Billions and billions served. Check that out. You know what I like to say? I like to say millions and millions dead. You have billions and billions served, but also millions and millions dead. Served. What have they been served? They've been served a menu. They've been served a death menu. Now, mind you, I'm not here to necessarily knock McDonald's because now they are reinventing themselves with McCafe and McVeggie menu. So they got healthy items on their menu. You got the salad. You got muffins, baked goods. You got even some McDonald's have McVeggie burger. So they're trying, but you know what, you know what, ultimately they're serving a menu that is not healthy. In fact, it's a menu that leads to obesity, that leads to hypertension, that leads to heart disease, that leads to uh, cancers. And people don't realize that what they eat is what they become because we are made up of what we eat, right? What we eat, what we ingest is the fuel, is the nutrients that cons constitutes our body. So, very important, be careful what you put in. So, you've heard, you've heard the old adage or adage which says, what you eat is what you are, or you are what you eat. You've heard it before, right? The question is, do you eat to live or do you live to eat? Which one? 
Many people today are digging their graves with their teeth. And I remember attending a wedding, and I don't want to uh, go there, but basically, um, you know, when you go to a wedding, um, the ceremony part is really important, but you know what's the next thing on your mind, right? It's the reception. And everybody evaluates or measures the type of food at a reception. You know, it's amazing. Menus. We all looking, we're looking at menus, but the question is, what's on your menu? That's the question today. So let's keep exploring it together. Tofu, veggie links, beans, whole wheat, gluten-free, nutrient-dense, empty calories, processed foods. What does it all mean? So are these some healthy things? What tofu? Just talk to me a little bit. Is tofu good for us? How many of you love tofu or like tofu? Okay, like tofu. Tofu, and you can eat it in like a hundred and one ways, right? There's so many ways, right? There's scrambled tofu, there's baked tofu, sautéed, whatever, stir-fried, whatever. You can, tofu's good for us, okay? It's very healthy. What, a, what about veggie links? Veggie links? You know, you know, our church, in a response to adopting a vegetarian diet, began to make a lot of what you call meat analogs, or meat substitutes. So we have veggie links, you have prime steaks, you have Swiss steaks, you have all these frozen meat analogs. And it was never meant to sustain one's diet. It was just a temporary relief, uh, an add-on, a substitute, but not to take the place, not to supplant uh, the use of natural, naturally derived foods that are plant-based, uh, nuts and beans and legumes, vegetables and fruits. Those were to com comprise of our main diet. And so a lot of people get addicted, so to speak. And addiction is a strong word, but it's true. They get addicted. I mean, it is the Adventist menu to have uh, Swiss steak or prime steak or the dinner roast. It is like an Adventist special. You go on Sabbath potluck and you've got to have the veggie links or you've got to have the Swiss steaks or the prime steaks. It's there. But those foods, ultimately, when you read them and you read the ingredients, and I love reading ingredients. You've got to read your labels because you need to know what you're putting in. Of course, those foods are loaded with uh, sodium and they try not to put preservatives in there but some of them have them so it's I'm saying that if you use it once in a blue moon once in a while it's not going to kill you but God wants us to strive for a more health uh, plant-based diet that's the way we should go that's what God's ideal is for us okay beans are very good for us we know that fiber and uh, vitamins and minerals whole wheat very good for us fiber we need that gluten-free well some people can't digest gluten right it's just protein, right? So some people have a problem. Uh, they don't have the enzyme that is able to metabolize uh, and digest gluten. So they have to opt for gluten-free foods, nutrient-dense. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for foods that are nutrient-dense, not devoid or low on nutrients and then empty calories. Processed foods. Look at all the foods on the shelf when you go into the supermarket. How can they sit there for weeks and months? They're processed. They have a long shelf life. They have additives, preservatives, chemicals in there that definitely begins to break down our bodies uh, when we consume them. So what does it all mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's discover it together. So what is the big deal about what we eat and our diet and appetite? What is the big deal? That's the question. So I'm glad you asked, and we're going to take a closer look together. It all started in the garden. Our diet, when we eat, and our menu, or what we eat and our menu. So let's check it out together.
Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. Can we read that together? What did it say? And the Lord God commanded, and saying, Of every tree, correct, but of the tree, for the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Okay, so God prescribed what? The first menu or diet, okay? He prescribed the first diet and menu where? In the garden cafeteria, okay? That was the garden cafe. God gave them the first diet. What happened? It was simple, it was healthy and nutritious. But what happened? It was designed to promote health and healing. But what happened? Lesson number one, there is a connection between what you eat and how you live. Because what you eat can make you die. You believe that? <clears throat> what you eat can make you die. So that's lesson number one. Today, the food industry doesn't care about how nutritious a food product may be. Only in recent years have there been lobbying for labels and nutritional contents. Yes, if the truth be told, hundreds of unknown and unreported additives, preservatives, carcinogens, bacteria, and other microorganisms lace our food and we don't even know it. Case in point, MSG. Have you heard of MSG? What's MSG? Do you know what it really is? Okay, let's go. Let's discover it together. MSG. Monosodium glutamate, food and beverage manufacturers are adding this stuff to your mealtime in ever-increasing amounts. Why? Because MSG tricks the body into thinking it's taking on proteins, artificially leading to a feeling of fullness. It, it's also thought to enhance flavor. Therefore, by adding MSG, a food company can lower its overall production costs. So, in other words, you eat what? Less and you get full. Faster. But then, you don't stay on full longer. Because after one or two hours, you're feeling empty again. Okay, that's business. See, it's all economics. But in this, is this additive harmful? You better believe it. It's a question still debated by health professionals and the food industry. Naturally occurring glutamate is one of the amino acids used by the body that works with protein chains. But when artificial glutamate is consumed, some people react with dizziness, headaches, swelling, sweating, and strangely enough, increasing appetite. Who hasn't been hungry after they've eaten Chinese food and, and an hour later or two hours later? Have you ever felt that? You eat Chinese food and like an hour and two hours later, you're, you're, you're not hungry anymore. You're hungry again. You're feeling hungry, I mean. Okay? You've lost, you're not, you're not full. You don't have that satiation level. It's because many Chinese foods and foods uh, of that nature are laced with MSG. Of course, now some will say, we don't use MSG. So you'll see the sign with a circle, no MSG. Okay? But that can be misleading. How can it be misleading? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me share with you how it can be misleading. Some believe food manufacturers may have found the holy grail to keep us consuming. We are a consuming society. Obesity is an epidemic in the United States and in Canada. And it's particularly affecting children. So from a tender age of children growing up, four, five, and six, and entering into their your teenage years, pre-adolescent and adolescent years, they are becoming obese. 
It's serious. So, MSG, they say, oh, no MSG? Well, sure, they may not have MSG, but did you know that MSG comes under many other names? I'm going to share that list with you in a moment. Check this out. MSG may also cause the body to produce large quantities of insulin, contributing to a generally heavier population and the associated health problems. Hence, obesity, people with type 2 diabetes and weak livers are particularly sensitive. Can you avoid MSG? Chances are that if you eat common brands of processed foods, it's in there. Soups, sauces, canned pastas, frozen dinners, packaged meats, restaurant foods, the list goes on and on. Check labels carefully, but do a little research too. MSG can appear under a host of different names. Are you ready for this? So when you go to the restaurant, no MSG? Sure, they may be telling you a half-truth, but not the full truth, because a half-truth is a full lie. That's what the devil used in the garden. Never forget that. So, here are some other names. I don't have time to list the names, but here are just a few of them. You've seen this HVP, hydrolyzed vegetable protein, uh, yeast extract, you'll see glutamate, you'll see gelatin, autolyzed plant protein, these are just glutamic acid, sodium caseinate, autolyzed yeast, these are some names, these are serious names. So if they say no MSG, they might have it under another name, synonymous name, okay? But they're not going to tell you MSG, it'll be something else. So be careful, that's why we, God wants us to be discerning and to be selective, to be vigilant. The Bible says be sober, because if not, we can easily be deceived by the enemy. Why am I sharing this? You will see the connection between health and the gospel. So, MSG, no food value. It's just additive substances, fillers, and to boost sales, economic. Now, is that, is that good or what? I mean, that, that is, that is, that's, there's no care for people. There's no genuine interest for people's health. It's about lining their pockets with money and just making sure that uh, they're able to keep mass-producing food so that we keep mass-consuming. MSG, aspartame, artificial sweetener, have you heard of that? Have been shown to be toxic to the neurons in brain development. Benzene, have you heard of that one? Colorless, volatile, flammable, toxic liquid. Okay, Benzene used as a solvent and as a motor fuel. And something else called BHA, you'll find them in certain processed foods, uh, breads on the market if you look at it. It's a phenolic disinfectant, antioxidant used especially to preserve fats and oils in food. And anything hydrolyzed, which is the chemical process of decomposition, has an adverse neurological effect. You're going to see where I'm going now. Because I'm not giving you information to overwhelm you or to, uh, to just uh, be for nothing. I'm giving you information with a purpose. We're going somewhere. This is in intentional information. So, these chemicals, these additives and preservatives, ultimately, in conclusion, have an, an adverse neurological effect. Now, you'll see a lot of uh, BHA in foods that are hydrogenated. So it preserves the oil and the fat, so it keeps it for a long time, like 
cookies or like margarine or like cheese or, or things that are hidden. There's many hidden fats. This is what it does. This is what BHA does. It hides it. It preserves it. So you don't, it might tell you no trans fat. But again, that's also a misnomer or a misconception or a deception, if you will. How and why? Well, let me tell you. When they use this, there is no trans fat per se, but when it begins to break down in a body, it becomes trans fat. You understand? Because this chemical masks or conceals its true nature. Are you following with me? So, the bottom line I want to leave you with is it has adverse neurological effects. Why? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's go and continue to build our case together. It is shown these chemicals to inhibit optimal brain functions and also contribute to the etiology of many diseases. So we're going to focus now on the adverse neurological effects it's created. Why? Why is that so important? The Bible says we are what? Fearfully and wonderfully made. It means wonderstruck, awesome. Even scientists cannot figure out all the complexities of the human body. Just take alone the eye. Take, just take, for instance, the eye. Okay? Or your tongue. The brain, more developed. They can't even figure out all its function. The heart, they cannot figure that out. When I was in uh, doing my undergrad at York University, and I took kinesiology and health sciences, there was a professor, he was a physiologist, and uh, he was lecturing. And he, on that particular day, was speaking about um, the way the body uh, functions by recruiting motor neurons. And so he gave an example of pushing a chair on the stage. And as he's pushing the chair, he says, my body is recruiting motor neurons to enable me to make movement kinesthetically this chair. But how is it really done? What triggers this movement? What makes my motor neurons know that I need uh, more motor neurons to push this chair? It's something called the size principle. And when I asked him after, who put it there? He says, we don't know. We just don't know. It's just there. It's a naturally occurring. I want to tell him, I know who put it there. It is the creator God who creates things in decency and in order. He's the God and the author of science. So he put this thing called the size principle. So if I'm moving a chair or a desk or something larger, a larger object, my body knows that it needs to recruit more modern here. It's amazing. It's called the size principle. So we are wonderful and fearfully made. Unique design, unlike all other creation. Made and not just made, we're not just manufactured, we are created and hand-sculpted, hand-made, hand-crafted by the divine designer. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that beautiful? But the enemy seeks to destroy, disfigure, distort, damage, disoriented, and dissipate, and disease, and ultimately cause death to God's original creation made in His own image and likeness. So I'm setting this up. I'm building my case now. You've got to see where I'm going. This is just the foundations, the platform. Let's keep going together. Here we have a diagram of the brain. I'm not going to explain the vast complexities. But this is just to illustrate how it is interwoven, how it's interconnected. There's an interconnectedness or interrelationship and interdependence of the brain and its 
multifaceted functionality. There's so much the brain does and processes, we cannot even begin to imagine. You listening to me right now, many things going on in your mind, things are being registered, things are being recorded. It's amazing, sight, sound, visual aids, audio-visual. It's very interesting how the brain works and it works in tandem with all other uh, multifunction processes. So we are fearfully and wonderfully made. It's just truly amazing. So this just gives you uh, an idea of the things that go on. If we were to explain what's happening even right now, it's a complex physiological and psychological process. But God has put it together so that it all works in tandem for uh, our ultimate purpose of, of learning, of receiving information, and then of course of applying that information by implementing it into our lives. God is amazing. He just keeps fascinating us. So, in the beginning, God created humans what? In what? In His own what? Image. Very important. You need to understand that. There's a reason, and there's a reason why I also put this particular diagram. It gives us an outline of the brain. Here are the contours of the brain. And isn't it interesting though? But in this part of the brain is very important. Where's my laser? Is it working? No. This part of the brain, as you can see, is what we call the frontal lobe. You know that, right? There are four lobes in the brain, right? And then, of course, there are other subsections and uh, subsystems within the brain. Um, brain has various structures, but there are four main lobes. We have the frontal lobe, we have the temporal lobe, we have the parietal lobe, and then we have the what? Occipital lobe. Now, let's keep building our case. The living human brain is soft, shiny, grayish-white, mushroom-shaped structure. Encased within the skull is a 3-pound or 1.4-kilogram mass of nerve tissue. On average, the brain weighs 13.7 ounces at birth and by age 15 grows to approximately 46 ounces or 1,300 grams. Interesting. So your brain develops as we grow. Composed of 12 prayers it's composed of 12 pairs of cranial nerves and up to 1 trillion brain cells, also known as neurons. Isn't that amazing? Up to 1 trillion neurons. That is brilliant. God in His infinite wisdom. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 3, uh, verse 16, Do you not know uh, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit wants to dwell where? In you. Where does the Holy Spirit dwell? In you. In which part of the body? It is in the organ of the brain, in the frontal lobe. And we're going to see where and why in a moment when I illustrate it more. Where does the Holy Spirit dwell? Well, here it is. In our hearts, which is used interchangeably in the Bible, known as the what? The mind. Where is the mind housed? Where is it located? Right here. What section of the brain? The frontal lobe. Okay, I told you, as we said, we're reviewing, there are four parts or four lobes, sections of the brain. And here it is, the frontal lobe is the seat of spirituality, the seat of cognition, the seat of our conscience, right here in the frontal lobe. That's where the Holy Spirit resides. That's also where the will is. That's why it's so important. We're going to see it in a moment when I, when I get you down to the closer, to the, closer to the end of the presentation. Why this is so important. But it's also most vulnerable because it's the first part. It's exposed. That's why we have to protect it. 
Do you see where I'm going now? You see, you, the occipital lobe in the back, but here the frontal lobe is exposed to a frontal attack, to a frontal assault. That's the reason why we've got to protect this. Let's keep building our case. You'll see where I'm going. So, God requires the body to be rendered a living sacrifice to Him, not a dead or dying sacrifice. The offering of the ancient Hebrews were to be without blemish. And will it be pleasing to God to accept human offering that is filled with disease and corruption? He tells us that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and He requires us to take care of this temple, that it may be a fit habitation of His Spirit. Councils on Diets and Food, page 21 and onward. The brain nerves which communicate with the entire system are the only medium through which heaven was to communicate to man and affect his inmost life. Education, page 209. Let me underscore that again. The brain nerves which communicate with the entire system is the only medium or are the only medium through which heaven was to communicate to man and affect his inmost life. When sin entered into this world, what happened? When sin entered into this world, how did it enter? How was Eve tempted? Through what medium? Ah, the devil used the medium, a medium, okay? And then that medium appealed to what? To her appetite, okay? And he appealed to all of her senses. Those senses begin in the frontal lobe. And, and I don't have time to go into deep detail, but there's a connection between the frontal lobe and a deep central part of the brainstem, a structure known as the limbic system and the amygdala, which is housed in the limbic system. That controls uh, our senses, our passion, our appetite, okay? Very important. Emotions as well. So you need to understand how the devil had studied Adam and Eve. And so this is what he did. He used a medium and through the brain nerves communicated with her to affect her inmost life. We are under trying to understand here how sin entered because there's a health and gospel connection. They go hand in hand. We cannot dichotomize it. It goes, when we understand this, we'll understand the true three angels message and the health message in relation to uh, the last day events and uh, Christ our righteousness. This is the relationship between health and the three angels message. We have to understand it in this larger context. Okay, let's keep building our case together. So, why was man created? When we say man, we talk about human beings. Man is a generic term. Why? Number one, to resemble God in character. Genesis 1.26 says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our what? Likeness. So number one, to resemble God in what? Character. Very important. Number two, the crowning act of God. Number two, 
the crowning act of God. Man was the crowning act of the creation of God made in the image of God and designed to be a counterpart of God. Review and Herald, June 18, 1895. So number one, why was man created? To do what? To resemble God in character. Number two, he was a crowning act of God's creation. Let's keep building our case together. Number three, man was to be sovereign of the earth. Genesis 1 verse 28 says, And God said to them, Be what? Fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Let's keep building our case. Number four, why was man created? To be God's representative. He was placed as God's representative over the lower orders of beings. They cannot understand or acknowledge the sovereignty of God, yet they were made capable of loving and serving man. Patriarchs and Prophets, page 45. Don't you ever heard the expression, a dog is a man's best friend? How many of you have a pet? I have a pet. She's a husky. My first dog was a husky. It was a male. And unfortunately, he died. Uh, we got her later in life uh, through a family that couldn't take care of uh, the husky. His name was Silky. What an adorable dog. I should have put a picture here for you. Maybe my next presentation. But... Um, he died, and the Lord led us to adopt a dog, a, a baby husky that was abused on a, on a reserve. And it was the mother was beaten and very sickly and weak, and she eventually died, but she gave birth to these two uh, baby huskies. And we were notified, and we went there, and we rescued this baby husky, and we took it home and loved it. And loved it. And you know what? At first it was, it was nervous. It was shaking. Its tail wasn't wagging. Tail was down. Because it was scared. And as we loved it and gave it affection, it began to love us back. Look what inspiration says. These animals are capable of loving and serving. Sometimes animals treat you better than your own friends and your family. Think about it. Isn't that amazing though? But one day God's going to restore all things. And there will be no fear in the animal kingdom, between them and us and us and them. God might have created them without the power to transgress His requirements, but in that case, there could have been no development of character. Their servitude would have been forced. Therefore, He gave them the power of choice. You and I, human beings, the power to yield or to withhold obedience. Education, page 23. God gave us something very fundamental, something that is an inalienable right, the power of choice. Whoever begins to take that away, the world, society, we're seeing human rights and freedoms being eroded. And we understand what's going to happen in these last days just preceding the second coming of Jesus. We realize that the stage is being set right now for the erosion of human dignity, human rights, personal freedoms. That is a God-given right. And to take that away is to actually violate God's law. It is to violate the very said thing that God has endowed humanity with. Very interesting. Keep that in mind. Number five, man's character was to be developed through the exercise of choice. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may what? Freely eat, but of which tree? 
of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you shall eat thereof, you will what? Surely die. Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 through 17. So where are we going? Well, let's keep building our case. Number six, man's will was to govern his body through the brain nerves. Are you following the pattern now? Do you see where I'm going? I'm building this case. You've got to see it. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 9, 24, Know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. We just had the Olympics 2012 in London. One of the most spectacular events of the Olympics is the 100-meter sprint, the 200-meter sprint, and the 100-meter uh, times four relay race, right? Of course, who took the gold? A beautiful, sunny country in the Caribbean called Jamaica. And the number one runner, the 100-meter sprint world Olympic record holder, Usain Bolt. They call him Lightning Bolt. Now, it is spectacular. It's fascinating. It's captivating to see someone like that subject themselves to discipline. You know, when I was studying at York, they used to have some athletes training there at the TMF, uh, the track, Metro Toronto Track and Field Center. And one of the guys was an Olympic Olympian. Unfortunately, he disgraced his country by being found uh, having taken steroids, anabolic steroids. And shall I name him? You probably know him, ben, ben Johnson. But nevertheless, he was a good athlete. He trained. And I met him and training. And of course, you know, many people shunned him. And I said, look, this brother is a child of God, right? So I approached him one day because no one, I used to look at him day after day, week after week, and he would train uh, diligently and he would exercise and he would be in a discipline and everyone would just avoid him because it was a very sad thing, right? He took drugs and disgraced. But you know what? His forgiveness with the Lord, amen? And so I approached him and he's friendly and you know, I end up actually encouraging him and putting a smile on his face. But I asked him a question. How do you train? I said, what's the, one of some secrets of training? He says, you've got to be diligent. You've got to be disciplined. You've got to be dutiful. You've got to be consistent. And I said, how about diet? He goes, diet is indispensable. But more important than diet is the development of your mind. And I'll never forget that. Your mind has to be so focused on the goal, on the prize before you. For well, the Bible says that we're all running a race. So we need to be fit mentally, physically, and spiritually in order to win this race. Run that you may obtain. There's a prize for each one of us. We have to run, strive for the mastery. It's very interesting. Okay, let's keep building our case. All the physical organs are the servants of what? And the nerves are the what? messengers that transmit its orders to every part of the body, guiding the motions of the living machinery. This is essential. You need to understand this. So the mind controls the body. The body is subject to the mind. And the nerves are the messengers that transmit the orders. They communicate the messages. So that means, do we have to be in tip-top condition, don't you think? Do you think that if we want to make sure that the nerves are being conducted and transmitted optimally, that our bodies need to be in shape? Of course. Our mind needs to be fit. You better believe it. Look where we're going now. You have to understand what I shared with you at the beginning and where we're going now. This is taken from Fundamentals of Christian Education, page 4 to 6. The divine designer 
and chief chemist of the human brain and its 24 or 12 peers had a special way of communicating with man at creation. But when man chose to serve another master, this communication was sabotaged by the enemy. The enemy tried his own chemistry by introducing pharmaceuticals or pharmacopoeia, introducing the human race with mind-altering drugs. That's what my friend, I have one of my best friends, he became a pharmacologist and pharmacist did his doctorate in University of Michigan, and he told me, you know what, I do this thing, but you know what, I study this thing, and drugs, pharmaceutical grade, grade drugs, it is not fit for human consumption. He says it alters our physiology and has adverse psychological effects. There is no cure from pharmaceutical grade drugs. They're only symptomatic relief. But in order to provide symptomatic relief, it has to create side effect or side effects on other parts of our body, even our mind. The word pharmacopoeia has to do with mind altering. It even also has a connotation to sorcery as well. That's how deep it is. That's what the devil has done. So this industry is so corrupt. That's why God wants us to follow the eight laws of natural way of health, the natural remedies, because if we get addicted to this thing, we will always be kept under the control and influence of the power of darkness. Very serious. We need to be in the presence of the sun of righteousness. What do you say? 24-7. You know, people who don't get enough sunshine, they develop a condition called SAD. You know, C-S-A-D, Seasonal Affective Disorder. Well, it sounds like some people in the church all the time, in every season, they're sad. God wants us to be glad in Him. So we need to bask in the sunshine of His presence. We're told, in fact, vitamin D, we get vitamin D from the sunshine. It has been shown to help us with many metabolic functions, boosting our immune system and bone health, especially proper blood production, contributing to healthy red blood cell production in the bone marrow. Why am I saying that? You'll see that in a moment. I, the gospel connection here. Vitamin D3, colcalciferol, is an effective and a usable form of vitamin D for our body processes. This is recent research. And when I was at Loma Linda, a lot of these uh, areas of research are now emerging. And I began to study up more on vitamin D. Many people thought, oh yeah, we can get it from, you know, cut liver oil and all that. And you can get that from certain oils. And, and too much, of course, sun exposure can lead to people that develop skin cancers, you know, carcinomas and all of that. But we need vitamin D. It's very important. And we, can't underestimate, we cannot underestimate the importance of it for our body functions. Now, why is that? So here is the psychosomatic connection that has God has created us with. Here it is. We are not just an afterthought, but we are highly designed, engineered, sculpted, as I said, handcrafted and endowed by God. The Bible also talks about the important blood-brain barrier. So that's why the vitamin D is very important. Why? Let me tell you. Here it is. The Bible declares in 17, Leviticus 17 verse 11, For the life of the flesh is where? In the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. The life is in the blood. So, if we have healthy blood, we will have a healthy life. Healthy red blood cells produce healthy body tissues, healthy body systems, and overall a healthy body and mind.
That's why the blood is so important. That's why the devil has sought to attack us in a way we can't even begin to imagine. But there's a war that is raging within us all the time. There's a war raging. Hebrews 9, 21, 22. Here's a gospel connection. Moreover, be sprinkled with the blood, both the tabernacle and all the vessels of ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with what? Blood. And without shedding of blood is no what? Remission. Praise God for the blood of Jesus. That blood that has never lost its power. That not only forgives us of our sins, but cleanses us, cleanses us from all of our sins. And where are those sins settled? Right in the mind. When we are cleansed, God removes impurities and all the contaminants and pollutants and side effects and byproducts of sin so that we can be free in the name of Jesus. What does the Bible say? He whom the Son sets free is what? Free indeed. Free from the burden of guilt. Free from the burden of sickness. Free from the burden of the devil's temptations. We can be free. God wants to set us free. The enemy of our souls has launched a vicious attack on our body and mind and soul via or via the vehicle of appetite. But you don't believe me, so let me help you out. It all started in the garden, as I said before. Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Bible says, And God said, You will not eat of every tree of the garden. Okay, you will eat not of... What does it say? God said, You may eat of every tree of the garden except the one in the midst of it. And the woman said to the serpent, and this is the devil speaking to her, uh, when the devil came to her and said, Has God said, You will not eat of every tree of the garden? Verse 2, And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said what? You shall what? Not eat of it, neither shall you what? Touch it, or you will die. So again, senses, speaking, hearing, sight, touch, smell, taste. And the serpent said unto the woman, you will not surely die. Was he telling the truth? Or was it a half-truth? Which is a full lie. Verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree, what did she do? She saw. Again, senses. She saw her eyes. The tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. She what? Took it. See? Touch right there. Fruit and did eat taste and gave her husband and he did eat. Do you see all the senses coming into play now? We have five senses, and they're protected by the mind. And the devil was able to break down every barrier of the senses so he could infiltrate her mind. Watch it. That's what the devil does. That's why we talked about the pharmaceuticals and the food industry. That's how he gets in. Entry points, mediums. Food can be a medium. Appetite is a medium. Appetite is not just food, right? Appetite can be an appetite for TV, for movies, for magazines, for entertainment, for media, social media. That's appetite because it is something that we're putting in, inputting, right? Watch it now. Appetite can be many of these things, including food as well. But food is important. Lesson number two, never dialogue with the enemy or go on enchanted ground. Adam and Eve sinned and fell on the point of appetite, my friends. Sin entered into this world through what? 
appetite. So they ate of the forbidden fruit. Can you believe this? Now, here is the health and gospel connection. Are you ready for it? This is what we've been all waiting for, the moment that we've been all waiting for. When Jesus entered his ministry, he picked up where our first parents fell on the point of what? Appetite. Matthew 2, chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be what? And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. Verse 3, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. He tempted him on the point of what? Appetite. Thank you. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds where? Amen. Don't you think we need to live like that too? We need to live by every word that comes from God. Because without that word, it, it, we will not be protected. We will not be shielded. Because the devil wants to counteract God's system of defense for us. Jesus had to overcome where Adam and Eve fell on the point of appetite. So, is what we eat and the appetite we have important? What do you think? Absolutely. So many people especially we as Adventist Christians, don't think sometimes what we eat is important. We used to, or some do, still, and some don't. We are divided, in fact. We downplay diet and appetite, and we treat sometimes it as a secondary matter or issue. But there is a connection between what we eat and how we will be overcomers. That's important. Because it requires self-denial and self-sacrifice, which is part of the development of our character and receiving Christ our righteousness. So lesson number three, we are not saved because of what we eat, but we can lose out on eternal life by intemperance, indulgence, and a perverted appetite. Do you believe that? It's the truth. The devil doesn't want us to know that. So he masks it. He makes everything smell good, taste good, look good, doesn't he? Come on, you go to those restaurants, you go to those eateries, you go out, you know, anything that we need to buy, like clothes and, and fashion and, and media, entertainment, he makes it all look good so that we can create an appetite that is stronger than our appetite for God. Oh, God forbid. Our number one craving needs to be for Christ. Our supreme appetite needs to be for spiritual things and things of God. What do you say? It's the truth. Because anything that is stronger than our appetite for God will not only cause disease, it will destroy us. It will distract us. It will keep us away from God. So that's why we need to cultivate an appetite, an insatiable appetite for God. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, for truth and God's grace. Okay, we're coming down now to the end. So hey, let's finish, let's put the icing on the cake now. Ready for it? From the first dawn of reason, the human mind should become intelligent in regard to the physical structure. That's why we're studying uh, physiology and kinesiology and on science. And this is really important, all these things. We should become intelligent in regard to the physical structure. Our bodies, we need to know what it's about. Here, Jehovah has given a specimen of himself. Hold on now, stick a pin there. I know our time is just about up. I want this to sink in, my friends, this morning. Did you just hear what inspiration has shared with us? What does that say? 
What does that mean to you? It, when I read that a couple of times, it humbled me. I fell on my knees. It says, here Jehovah has given us specimen of himself. What we, aren't we talking about God created us in his own image and likeness? We have a specimen. Those of you who studied science, you know what a specimen is? What is a specimen? What is a specimen of the original a source? What is a specimen? Kind of like a cell. Yes! Sample. Yes! Yes, it is a sample of a cell or part of the original source that you're studying. When I said it doesn't make us gods, but it, it shows us how valuable we are to God. God has given us a specimen of Himself by creating us. How much are you and I worth to God? We cannot begin to fathom or comprehend that. It is incomprehensible. We are a specimen of Jehovah, of Himself. For man was made in the image of God. It is Satan's determined work to destroy the work to destroy what? The moral image of God in man. So do you understand the big picture now where we're going with this? That's his work. That's his work from the beginning of time. That's his work right now. And he has done a masterful work at it. 6,000 years of experience and experimentation. And I think he knows what he's trying to do. I think he's mastered it. That's the reason why we need to have a counter strike against enemy through the weapons of our warfare that are spiritual through God. He would make the intelligence of man his highest, noblest gift, the most destructive agent to pollute with sin everything he touches. Medical Missionary, page 221. So, let's recap as we come down to the close. In the beginning, God created humans in his what? His own image. And he placed that image and likeness where? In the mind, right? In the mind, in the frontal lobe, my friends. Very important. See the frontal lobe there? Essential. You need to understand. That's why it's right here. It's exposed. It's a pro, a, exposed to frontal attack and assault. We need to protect it. We need to defend it. We need to guard it. God has given us the tools to guard it. Okay? The world has departed far from true principles of restoration and health. Perverted appetite and base passion have taken control of the minds of many. Is that true? Would you agree with that? Isn't it true? Do we not see it today? We do see that, right? It's being manifest in the world today. God is calling us back to restore His image in us. The truth for this time, the third angel's message, is to be proclaimed with a loud voice as we approach a great final test. The test must come to the churches in connection with the true medical missionary work. Now, check this out. The principles of health reform are found where? In the Word of God. The gospel of health is to be firmly linked with the ministry of the Word. Did you hear that? Firmly, not weakly linked. This is not the weakest link here. This is the strongest link. The gospel of health. What is inspiration calls it? The gospel of health must be linked with the ministry of the word. So when we do health, it's not about tofu and beans and veggie links. It's much deeper and profounder than that. It is the gospel of health because it begins to transform us and to restore God's image and likeness in his creation, you and I. Are you seeing it now? Are you seeing the big picture? That's what it's all about. 
when we understand the three angels message and in context or the health message in the context of the three angels message we'll you'll understand it's all about character development becoming more like Jesus that's what it's all about it is the Lord's design that the restoring influence of health reform shall be part of the last great efforts to proclaim the gospel message I want you to bear that in mind Okay, a last few. A clarion call to medical evangelism is due at this time. Thousands, yes, tens of thousands of people today are asleep to the condition of their spiritual and their physical health. They are far from the better way of life and do not sense their peril. Faithful watchmen are needed to point out the way of health and holiness. CME, page 5. The call to medical evangelism is first given Seventh-day Adventist in the example of Christ in his own ministry and in his gospel commission to the church. He who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, showed that true evangelism comprehends ministry to physical needs as well as to spiritual. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? In other words... When we conduct evangelistic initiatives and campaigns in our church, it should never be separated from the gospel of health. It should be integrated. You could do something before, during, and after. You cannot separate it. If true, she says, true evangelism comprehends ministry, physical needs, as well as the spiritual, because she understands the affinity, the correlation, the inextricable link between the physical and the spiritual, and we cannot separate it. Because if you are preaching to someone and you're appealing to their minds, but they're diseased in their body, they're not going to be effectively be able to receive or have the capacity to fully comprehend that message for it to transform them. If they understand it in their mind, but they're violating the physical laws of health, do you think they're going to be able to tra be transformed by that message? No, they'll receive it and amen. Now, I'm not saying that health... Uh, you know, health is an article of salvation, but it is a part of the true gospel. So you can't separate it. It's all part of it. CME, page 5. Let's keep going. We're almost there. The history of the Advent movement has been characterized by a dual ministry. Health and temperance work has always been a part of world evangelism. Many important reforms in healthful living are recognized as being closely interwoven with the Advent gospel message, pointing the way to a full uh, observance of God's law has inclined the recognition of the laws of health. And now we are truly closing up. So, the mind. What is a, the most important work in these last days? God is getting ready to what? Seal his servants where? In their foreheads. Right here, brothers and sisters. It says there. The Father's name. He wants to write in our foreheads. Revelation 14, verse 1. So where is the forehead? There's the opposite of the seal of God is what? The mark of the beast. Do you see the struggle now? The devil wants to compete against God. Instead of us being sealed with God's sealing... He wants to put his own seal on us to destroy our souls, to deface the image and likeness of God in God's creation. Do you see it now? So, 
Scientific studies have shown that the frontal lobe is the seat of spirituality, conscience, personality, self-awareness, the power of choice, the ability to plan and execute. It's amazing. The devil wants to steal what God has given to us. Don't let the devil take away what God has given us. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. What a sublime thought. Why do we disregard health and our body, which are all God's, and one day we will have to give an account? If we are obedient to the laws of health, in spite of sin, God will put none of these diseases upon us. So what you eat determines your appetite, and your appetite can determine your destiny. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 says, Whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do what? All to what? The glory of God. So at the end of the day, glorify God in our mind, in our thoughts, in our actions, in our dressing, in our diet, in our appetite, in our lifestyle, in all things. May God be glorified. Let's close the seminar with a word of prayer. Dear Jesus, we thank you for the transforming knowledge that you give us through your words of life and through the inspired pen. Oh Lord, we have been challenged today. Help us to change through the power of the Holy Spirit. Help us to realize the battle is indeed for the mind and what we're up against. But we thank you that we have the protection of your word and the power of the Spirit of God behind us to ensure that your image and likeness is restored in each one of us, your beautiful creation. Bless us now and help us, O oh Lord, to realize how important the health and the mind and the body is all interconnected. And may we glorify you in all things, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.